I honestly think we need to focus on the end user and just focus on what format suits best to achieve our goals. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the B2B MX Podcast. We are less than a week away until our big return to Scottsdale for the B2B Marketing Exchange, and I am so, so excited. I cannot wait. My flight is going out in just a few days, so hopefully we have uh, really, really great weather because I am ready to leave this New Jersey winter for a few days. We are going to keep things going with our speaker introductions for one more episode this week. We have Alexandra Panuhina who is the head of events and experiences at Parcel Lab on the podcast with me today. Alexandra was actually one of our B2B Innovator Award winners a couple of years ago, so I'm so excited to have her back to talk about all things event marketing. She will be talking about that at B2BMX during her session, and of course, we will be diving into that topic on today's episode. So Alexandra, how are you? Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Hello, I'm great. Thank you so much for the invitation. I also can't wait to travel to Scottsdale. That would be absolutely amazing. That will be my first in-person event in two years, more than two years. So I honestly just can't wait. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And, you know, being head of events and experiences and this being your your first in-person event back, I actually, I'm starting to get a little nervous. Hopefully we're going to be what you're expecting and what you're hoping to get out of an event. So yeah, before we begin, introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Parcel Lab. With pleasure. So I've been in event marketing specifically with B2B tech companies for almost eight years by now. I started back in 2014 with Veeam Software, focusing on event marketing programs in German-speaking regions and then moved over to Scale-Up back then, now a public company, SEMrush, where I initially started with event programs in German-speaking space as well, but then quickly transitioned to leading our global event programs. And that was an amazing journey that allowed me to experiment with all sorts of event formats. All of them were in person, a small disclaimer. And also what was exciting, that was truly international. We did events all over the place on all continents in all parts of the world, which allowed me to gain really global exposure and understanding of how to adapt event programs to different markets, how to adapt programs to different level of market penetration by the company. And so back in 2020, in February, I decided that it's time to explore the world of B2B tech startups. Two weeks before COVID hit, I left my office at SEMrush. And yeah, then it was a very interesting journey for another year where I was working with different startups, setting up their event strategy, already in the virtual reality. Um, It was definitely very exciting. Um, It was interesting to look at the things from a new perspective. And that brought me to ParcelUp. And back in February 2021, it's been exactly a year since I joined. 
I joined full-time Parcelab uh, with the goal to lead uh, and build up events as a marketing channel and not just to focus on events, which was the most exciting part of the deal for me, but also focus on all sorts of experiences for our audiences, also for our customers and within the industry as a whole, also leaning on the marketing partnerships and ABM programs. And that's where I am now. Very, very cool. And so, I mean, you're kind of the perfect person to talk to about events. So you've been in this role of head of events for quite some time. You've been leading various different kinds of events. I'm just curious, what was it like to have to just I guess, switch gears so abruptly, like obviously all events were canceled. What was going through your head when all of that happened? I think what allowed me to kind of not freak out and go crazy was that I actually switched the roles and the time when all of this, like the events world was crashing I had the time plan to reconsider what I want to do, how I want to approach it. So it was a kind of, for me personally, it was a perfect moment to reassess what is going on. I always felt that something is kind of broken with event marketing, that it is very siloed, that there is not enough integration into the overall marketing strategies, into the day-to-day marketing the events that were happening offline, they were not fitting into the digital programs and some of the events, they were just not good. They kept gathering audiences that did not necessarily go there for the events. They would attract sponsors because that's how it's been historically for the past 20 years. So personally, even though like my heart goes to everybody for who like life was literally crashing, in March 2020, for me, it was an exciting time to see the opportunity and to see how things can turn out. And it was amazing to see like how everybody was worried about events not happening. Everyone at once thought, oh, how are we going to drive the pipeline? Oh, how are we going to get those targets in? And that was a moment of realization for many that events play crucial role and maybe we need to pay a little bit more attention to them maybe we need to be more innovative and this was to me honestly pure moment of opportunity That's awesome. And I love that you took that positive spin onto something that definitely was scary for a lot of people. I'd love to, you know, given your background, you were fairly used to, you know, in-person events. So what was that first plan of attack when it came to developing now digital experiences and digital virtual events for audiences? What were like some of the initial things that you started thinking about and planning in that kind of moment? So luckily I had some exposure to some of the virtual events before COVID and the webinars because at Samurai there were quite strong programs. They were run by other teams, by other departments, but still you can learn from your peers a lot and from what they were doing. And I was always thinking about the ways, okay, how that can be connected with what we are doing, how kind of this life cycle of an in-person event can be continued. So I looked at it from that perspective in many ways, like what do we need to do without that in-person event, but how do we still bring it online? Then defining what are the most important areas of the events that make sense. Like what do people want most? People want education, 
but nobody can stare on the screen for a long time. So it was obvious like the sessions need to be cut down. Even for in-person events, I still believe that 25 minutes is quite a good format unless there is a lot of interactivity. So this part, people wanted to have connections. That is, honestly, I still think that with virtual events, it's the hardest thing to replicate, but I was still looking for the options and kind of for the tools that would allow me to bring people together, would allow them to feel that they're not alone in the room, even though they don't need to turn on their camera, they don't need to speak up because not everybody wants that in the virtual environment. So I was looking for that to kind of avoid this feeling of loneliness, avoid the feeling that you're sitting all alone in front of the virtual screen. Well, the screen is actually physical, but you're sitting on the virtual platform. (laughs) So that was an important area. And I think the most important part that was like a North Star for me that allowed not to trail away somewhere was the exact same thing as with in-person events. What's the business outcome of it? How do we support our business goals? And I truly believe that this should be the definition of what you're doing. Like you just need to think what you want to accomplish, how that helps business, how it brings you towards your goals, and then the rest will follow. I love that. I love that answer because like you mentioned before, maybe before the pandemic, people didn't really think about events as a cornerstone of marketing strategies to really incorporate them into your full-blown plan. Your presentation at B2BMX will kind of discuss that new era of event marketing. So can you tell, give us a little sneak peek into that and how can marketers prepare for this new era? Obviously, without giving too much of your session away, I'd love to just hear your brief perspective on that. For sure. So with my session overall, I will be focusing on how to find the value first. Just as I was saying, you need to have that North Star that is guiding you and the rest will come. So you need to focus on the outcomes and then lots of questions that come along the way will be answered. You always need to think about how does this impact my end goal? And given like the myriad of choices that you have from the tools to event formats to sessions, who you want to invite to present there. Do you want to actually invite to present anyone? Or do you want to make it fully engaging and attendees play the main role? Everything can be answered by focus on the end goal. So we will look a lot into that. And um, as you've correctly mentioned that previously, it was sometimes not looked at and not thought about. Sometimes it felt that events are happening just because they've been happening for 25, 30 years already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like, you know, everybody's having events. We should maybe have an event. And and it's the same way you kind of think about it with, with content, right? And you see all these popular formats like a podcast or, or videos. At the end of the day, you have to make sure it's something that your audience specifically wants, right? So just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you should be doing it. You know, you have to have that plan and that end goal to make sure you're catering this to the most important people, right? And that's your, your audience and your buyer. 
My next question for you, and I love that your abstract for your presentation, everybody could see it on the website now, mentioned something about, you know, like forget hybrid, a thought of hybrid. But I do want to talk about hybrid a little bit because I, I want to get your perspective on, first of all, are you thinking about hybrid events? Um, should hybrid events even be a thing or do we kind of just keep the virtual slash digital and the physical apart in a sense? Because I've heard some perspectives were there where it kind of just makes more sense. But what would a hybrid hybrid, a perfect ideal hybrid situation look like for you? That is definitely something I will touch upon in my session as well. I do have some strong perspectives on hybrid as well. I honestly think that we as marketers in particular, we tend to focus a lot on new shiny things. We tend to focus a lot on naming. You know, it's always the most exciting part. How are you going to name something? but it's not the most important for the end user. So the most important with the events, again, is to think about the end user. Will your attendee tell to their partner, like their husband to wife in the morning, today I'm gonna attend a hybrid event about this and that. Can you imagine that conversation? I can hardly do that. I think they're gonna say, I'm joining this webinar, today, let's grab a dinner afterwards, or I will be late tonight because I'm going to a conference, I'm going to a meetup. So I think we really need to look wider than just the marketing audience. Of course, some of us have the luxury of marketing to the marketers. So there is a lot of space for creativity and for naming, and people will be interested to learn what that means. But a hybrid is not something you you could have people tuning in from afar to the in-person conference. That is hybrid. You could have speakers joining virtually for the in-person audience. That's also hybrid. You can have speakers all being in person in one place, but presenting virtually to the virtual audience. And then there can be in-person audiences. That is also hybrid. But that is also an event. It's just the way that you are setting it up. So I would not focus that much on the specific type and labeling something hybrid or virtual or in person just because that's how we think. And what will be the event where there is no video, but it's all about the audio feed, for example, and someone is listening in person and someone's joining digitally. Are we going to create another label for that? Probably not. So I honestly think we need to focus on the end user and just focus on what format suits best to achieve our goals. That's great. And honestly, like the perfect analogy in a sense too, because now I'm like thinking about different like references there. So like, so you're not going to tell your husband you're going virtual shopping, right? You're just going to say I'm shopping, right? Just like exactly like what you would say with an event. So that's a really, really great point. And I'd love to kind of go out a little bit further beyond events because you, you at Parcel Lab, you're head of events and experiences, right? So the, that experience part is really important. And you're also going to talk about having this interactive experience mindset, right? So what does that mean exactly? And how do you maintain that mindset at Parcel Lab when you're doing your day-to-day -day and it's not just about events all the time? Definitely. That is very interesting part. And it all comes, I think in particular at Parcel Lab, it comes for us in the form of our 
Uh, I can't say core initiatives, but it's a kind of core focus that defines our strategy, let's say for the year. Like everything needs to be an experience with a focus on the customer and whoever the customer is for the cool company, right? For marketing, we're not focusing just on our existing customers. It's also about the audience. For the HR team, their customer or internal employees and people who are in the hiring process. So we're always looking at the experiences and how to create the best one possible. And it should be going through all of our initiatives. In particular for me and for my team, we look at creating something that will stand out, that can be remembered. When I was, it was a while ago when I was overall thinking, okay, like what's my mission? What's my overarching purpose of doing it? Because, you know, sometimes gathering and like printing roll-ups is not super inspiring. So I was thinking what that big mission could be. And I realized I'm creating moments to remember for people because the events that I create with my team, people say they are absolutely amazing. Like they remember them years later. And this is what we want to create with every touch point where we can connect with our audience. We want to create some moments that can be remembered. Like it sounds very big, of course, because that needs to be a big idea, but that can also be translated to smaller details. Like if we are doing a webinar, how can we come up with a new unique angle to it that people will remember? Oh, okay, we're actually not going to be talking at people, but we will let them define what is talked about, or we will let them vote. We will let them submit their ideas without actually popping up on the camera because nobody wants that. It being anonymous because maybe some people don't want to share their ideas in particular in the competitive industries. So thinking about that, if we are creating something out of the box, even the Christmas gifts campaign, better to say like festive gifts campaign. Okay. How can we add a special touch to it. Okay, everybody's doing the video, but we are going to do a video with our employees staring in there. So it's all about the small details and uh, small changes, new hooks, new angles, and how to create bigger impact for your audience. Hey marketers, you've been waiting for it and it's finally happening. The B2B Marketing Exchange is back in person in Scottsdale. If you're a fan of the conversations we share on the B2BMX podcast, this event is literally made for you. Get a front row seat at sessions that will challenge everything you think you know about marketing. Plus, you'll finally get back to in-person networking in a safe, comfortable environment. As a B2BMX podcast listener, you'll get 50% off your ticket by using the code B2BMXPOD during registration. Check out the show notes for more information or head to b2bmarketing.exchange to register now. Everything is so noisy. We're in this digital world and there's so many events and so many emails and messages and LinkedIn and social media, all of that stuff. It's, you really have to figure out what the audience is looking for, what the buyer specifically wants and cater to them in a way that will stand out among all of that digital noise. So 
my next question for you, and it could be from, you know, whether it's personal experience and what you've done or even in your past roles, I want to talk a little bit about success metrics and measuring all of these different efforts now. How do you go about measuring your efforts or how have you measured your efforts in the past? And what advice would you give marketers to really figure out what's working and what isn't when they're doing all of these, whether it's events or just experiences in general? I think there are two sides to this story, there are metrics that are important for business. So that would, of course, be revenue generated, pipeline generated. Also, I like to look at the pipeline engaged through different programs that you are creating. With this, you can show direct impact on business. However, there is another side of the story that you're going to be looking at yourself and with your team, probably your CEO, unless they're really into experience, marketing or something, they probably won't be that much interested in, but that will help you define whether you are doing the right job. So there is part of just perception and your gut feeling, even though it sounds like completely unmeasurable and that's completely different side of things than this hardcore revenue metrics. Okay, this is the amount of revenue we generated. This is the pipeline, all the numbers in CRM. And here we're talking about the gut feel. But it's really so. When you're doing events, when you're creating experiences, you can feel what audience thinks. Even through the virtual environment, even through the virtual event platform, you can see if people are excited, if there are comments in the chat, if the questions are thoughtful, if there is feedback afterwards, if there is what I look at sometimes, and not sometimes actually, every time, even before the event, the registration rates, the open rates of your email email invitations, the open rates for confirmation emails, like the more people are engaged and interested in your event, the higher these percentages will be. And even see the correlation between, let's say, one day reminder before the event or before the webinar with the attendance rate. It's almost the same. If you look at the correlation, if you have, let's say, almost 50% open rate of your one-day reminder for the webinar, I'm almost sure it will be around 50% show-up rate on the day. It's very interesting how that shows, okay, people are really invested into the topic. They really want to hear about it. And then also after the event, did people actually open your follow-up? Did they watch the recording if they did not attend? Did they respond to your messages? Did they add speakers on LinkedIn? Did they want to stay in touch? These are the metrics that you're probably not going to pass to your CRM system and probably your sales teams are not interested, but it's very interesting for me to look at it because that shows how invested people are in the content that you're sharing. And of course, there are different algorithms to measure like engagement rates, how many minutes did people watch, like in particular for digital events, how many questions they've asked, uh, did they download any resources? So these are also helpful just to see how you were doing and whether the actual event format was good. And then of course, feedback. In feedback form, that is a good sign as well if people are filling out that feedback form and with in-person events it's easier to get people to respond to this or like to measure nps because people feel i would say 
more responsible, maybe, to kind of give back to the organizers because they felt and they saw this work that was done. It's harder with virtual as people don't feel so kind of invested into it and they just showed up maybe for 20 minutes. But the people who actually filled it out, that means they really care. And if they took time after a virtual event to think about what you could improve or to say what they enjoyed, you did a good job. You really impressed them because they took five, seven minutes out of their day and took some mental effort to actually do that. And the more people you get engaged with that, the better job you've done. That's great. And I love the idea where like, okay, you're maybe you're not sharing some of these statistics with the C-suite, right? But all of these, even little tidbits that you're measuring or looking at, they paint a full picture of your efforts. So that is all really, really important. And I, I love that you mentioned that. I wanna talk quickly about tools. There are so many events solutions out there. Even like once the pandemic hit, every event platform all of a sudden had a virtual event offering and this and that and live streaming. What tools have you found to be the most valuable to do your job? That's true that there is such a variety of different event platforms and different event solutions. So I had luck, as I mentioned back in 2020, to have this time and possibility to research. And I remember that for the first two months, like March and April, Every day I would be digging into some new solutions. So I had pretty good exposure to what is going on in the market. Right now I don't have that much time to explore some of the new solutions, but I've identified some that have worked really well for me. But what I want to say, and that's why it's very hard, for example, to recommend a platform. Like there are very often the messages on LinkedIn or in some communities, oh, what platform would you recommend? Without knowing what are your goals, like what you want to achieve, what experience you want to create for your audience, like this recommendation would be useless. That would be just someone's opinion based on their needs and goals, and it may totally not work for you. So for me, for example, with my need to keep everything within our ecosystem like of the tools when it comes to the registrations, to processing information. So for example, for me, it was very important to have good integrations with CRM systems, uh, with marketing automation. It was also important for me to have a scalable solution that works for webinars and for a larger virtual event. But I'm not running an event for thousands of people at the same time, I can be running a very small and intimate session. It's important for me to have some engagement techniques. So I'm also looking for something like that. And for someone, small webinars and small intimate sessions won't be a thing. They need stability. They need to have 20,000 people and they need to have paid tickets and they need to have robust registration system built in. That would be a completely different recommendation. What I also like to look at is some of the other tools that may not necessarily be considered as event solutions necessarily, but that can give a lot of opportunity for the organizers to add something new, to add this, as I was talking previously about, like add this new angles and uh, something, I don't want to say 
wow effect for the audience, but something that audience will be like, huh, that's something new. That's a smart solution to solve this issue or to run this session. So encouraging people to look at that and also, first of all, define what you need specifically. And then if you're asking for recommendations, really outlining this. Yeah, that's great. And like you said, you know, it's that shiny new toy, you know, it might look really nice on paper, but you never know if you actually really need it and if it's going to make your job easier and make the experience better. So it's definitely good stuff to think about. My final question for you, what else are you excited about for B2BMX this year? I'm definitely excited to meet people, to learn more definitely to learn more about ABM in particular. So we are definitely ramping up our efforts in that area. So I'm excited to kind of go to more sessions and to more workshops because that was the area that I may not have been as heavily involved in for the past couple of years. So that would be really, really interesting. But above everything, I think it's just being among like-minded people and being there in person, being able to talk, have these uh, kind of improvised conversations in the hallways, uh, maybe at a party or two, who knows. So this will be definitely a big, exciting thing for me. I love that. And what's next for you? Obviously, you're speaking at the B2B Marketing Exchange in just a week, but do you have any big plans for the rest of the year, either personally or professionally? Definitely a lot of big plans professionally. We're running our flagship events in May, OX Fest, which would be the second time we are doing it. And it's an interesting question. I might ask the audience uh, at my session, would they consider it virtual hybrid or virtual and with an in-person element? So that would be an interesting one to run 100%. There are more things to come for us this year. We have very ambitious goals. I'm building out my team right now. So this is also very, very exciting to see everybody in place and working together. I think this is even a bigger, bigger aspiration for me for this year than the flagship event is building out this amazing team that will work together on creating great experiences. Personally, I'm personally looking forward to all the dance festivals coming back. That's what I do when I'm not creating marketing experiences. I dance Cuban salsa and it's been amazing to be able to be already at a couple festivals and I'm looking for more and live music concerts as well. That's awesome. I love that. And of course, best of luck with everything. I'm sure it'll all work out perfectly. And yeah, Alexandra, that is all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to see you again in Scottsdale. And I wish you the best of luck for all of the upcoming endeavors that are going on in your life. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, that's a wrap. If you're out there listening and you enjoyed this convo and all of the past speaker interviews that we've had on the podcast, you're going to want to be in Scottsdale with us. I know we have like a week left, but hey, it's never too late to register. It's never too late to hop on a flight. So there's still plenty of time. Come out and join us. The link to register for B2BMX is in our show notes with a code that's still valid. So yeah, if you could do it, I hope I could see you there. Other than that, be 
be sure to subscribe to the pod so you don't miss any new episodes on any podcast player of your choice. And of course, catch us on Twitter and LinkedIn to share feedback and let us know who else you want to hear from on the pod. Thank you again for joining me on the podcast today. I will obviously be in Scottsdale next week. So we'll have a really awesome replay from B2B SMX for you to enjoy next week. And yeah, you might actually even be hearing uh, an episode live from the actual event in just a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Well, yeah, that is a wrap for me and Alexandra. Thank you everyone for tuning in and I will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.